Today on the show, singer-songwriter Ali Ferris talks pursuing music as an independent artist, music-related side jobs, and demonstrates why you shouldn't eat on a podcast. All that and much more on episode 45 of Who Writes This Stuff? Oh my gosh, you guys, we're back one week after the last episode. That's kind of amazing. Uh, I'm trying to be better about putting these things out on a regular basis, and I would love to put them out weekly. I've been sort of doing the, the two-a-month model, and, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of feel like we should go week to week and, and really build this thing up to where it used to be in its grand glory of gloriousness and grandity. I don't know what that means. Um, My name is Nick Flora. This is Who Writes This Stuff. I'm coming to you live on tape from my house in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm extremely excited. Um, Well, let's not put hyperbole in this. I'm a little bit excited. Let's put it that way. Uh, About this episode, I'm so excited to introduce a lot of you to uh, my friend Allie Ferris. We were put on a show together, as, as happens often in Nashville, and uh, the show that we got put on together, it was especially cool for me because it was at the Bluebird Cafe here in Nashville, which a lot of you, if you don't know the Bluebird, it's sort of this historic uh, venue. I, I didn't really know a lot about it because I think a lot of it is steeped in country music, and I I don't know if you know this about me. I'm not a huge country music fan, but if you know the history of country music, it, it's sort of this place, this hub of like where songwriters and and like true songwriters can come and like have come from this place. A lot of greats have played this place. It's sort of become famous in the recent years because of its placement in the show Nashville on ABC. So anyway, um, I, I was put on the show. Uh, it's sort of a writer's round of sorts. So there were five of us on the bill and I, I knew a few of the people who were playing and there were a couple that I didn't know as well. And, uh, one of those people was Allie Ferris, and uh, her and I became sort of insta-friends. <laughs> like, she just has this personality, as you'll see, that is very likable, and instantly uh, you just feel drawn to hear her talk about things. And, and her singing voice is just unbelievable as well, and her, her songwriting talent uh, for being as young as she is is, is kind of amazing, too. Um, so, not that you can't be young and great, because obviously you can, but it, you know, a lot of times when you hear young musicians, you're like, oh, they'll get there, but I think Allie is there, and I think she'll only get better, and, um, but anyway, so we had this experience that was sort of unlike any experience I've ever had, one of the best musical experiences I've ever had on stage, playing this Bluebird Cafe, it was just packed to the brim, it was a completely sold-out show, um, everybody there was, all the, all the, the audience members were just completely on board to hear good songs. They just, they just were fans of songs and they just wanted to hear anything that we had to say and anything, any song we had, we wanted to sing. They were just immediately engaged, you know? And a lot of times when you play shows, you sort of have to play uh, the wrangler of sorts and, and constantly keep people's attention and sort of jump around and kind of, Hey, Hey, look over here, look over here, look over here. You know, cause audiences can be very ADD and I am one of them. I am historically a bad audience member. Um, but everybody there was just so engaged and it, it was kind of incredible. And after the show, a lot of people came up to us and were just, you know, just overwhelmingly positive and, and with their feedback and we're so grateful that we were there and played for them. And it was just amazing. And I'm, I feel like because I went through that with Allie and Corby Linker played the show, who was a past guest. Um, and, and it, it was just this amazing experience that we all kind of had together. I feel like we're 
in this club together because we had that experience. And we talk about that a little bit on this on this episode. And another thing I think I should point out is that Allie and I actually recorded a an episode before this one, one-on-one, and we hadn't really hung out. I think we, we played the show together, and we, we got to know each other a little bit there. Um, but then we sort of met to do this podcast, and we sort of forgot that we were being recorded. And we got along a little bit too well in the sense that we didn't really talk about any of the things that I planned on talking about. We mainly just talked about our favorite movies and comedians and a lot, a lot of things that I don't know if necessarily would have been interesting to the majority of people. So after we got done, I mean, she, she shared some great stories and it was, it was great, but we both sort of decided let's, let's do another one. Now that we've got the sort of uh, get to know each other vibe out of the way <laughs> and let's, let's do a part two. That's a little bit more focused on what the podcast seems to be more about more songwriting, more, uh, how she sort of got to be where she is now and, and, and living in Nashville, being creative and, and pursuing that as a career and all these things that a lot of you seem to uh, latch on to. Not that the first one wasn't great. It was. Um, and it still exists. And I might put a little clips of it up. But for the most part, it's just us being like, you like that movie, too? What are your favorite parts? So I didn't know if that would necessarily <laughs> be the best uh, introduction to uh, the wonderful Ali Ferris. So uh, all that to say, this is part two. And we do reference the po- <laughs> the fact that this is part two of uh, of this podcast, even though it's the first one that you're hearing. And I don't necessarily – I didn't have to tell you that, but I feel like I should be straight up, uh, you know, like Paul Abdul and tell you uh, that uh, this is, this is uh, the second – essentially the second podcast that we've done together, me and Allie. So, but I do want to say before uh, we go any further that if you would like to, as always uh, get in touch with the podcast, you can do so by emailing who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com. If anything discussed on this episode or previous ones grabs you in a certain way, uh, or just anything makes you think of anything. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Uh, You can shoot us a line, let us know. And I honestly might read it on the show. You never know. Um, iTunes reviews, if you would like to be an even bigger sweetheart in my eyes than you are already for listening to this episode. Uh, You can go to the iTunes podcast page, just type in who writes this stuff, then you go down and you can leave a review. Uh, It can be really quick, it can be really long, uh, and I'll give you a shout out on this very show. Uh, So, Also, uh, this is a free podcast, it does not cost you any money. Um, Maybe you had to buy the computer to download it, I don't know. but if you would like to help keep it going, because it does cost money to keep the podcast up, you can do so uh, by going to the podcast blog that is linked anywhere the podcast is mentioned. Uh, and there's a donate button there directly through PayPal if you have a few bucks just laying in PayPal from something uh, and you want to toss it our way. Uh, that is amazing. And I, I'm so thankful that so far this podcast, because of amazing people like you donating money, it has kept itself afloat. You guys have kept this podcast going, and I'm 100% so grateful to you for doing that. Um, also, if you want to tweet at us at Who Writes Pod on Twitter, as well as the Facebook page, if you have any questions or things, comments, any of that kind of stuff, please go there. And we also have a mail uh, email list as well uh, that is linked on the podcast blog. So, so many things, guys, so many things on the internet that we have that you can connect. So, now with that out of the way, um, I, I do. I think we should just get to it. This is a great episode. I had a lot of fun with Allie Ferris. She's a delight. She is uh, a great songwriter, a tremendous voice, and uh, I, I really think that once this episode is over, uh, you guys are going to be new fans of Allie Ferris, as well you should. So, without any, any further ado, let's get to it. Here's my talk with Allie Ferris. 
that just D E U X? I'm just picturing the uh, Hot Charts part two, like letterbox, like like the VHS part clamshell. Yeah. Remember, remember those clamshell like VHS holder? I think I have one. I hope you do. Down here, I don't know if I do or not. I'm yeah. sure I do, but I don't know. I'm pretty if sure. Right. I'm pretty sure I know. Well, aren't you VHSs over there? Um, well, there's a few. Yeah. There's a few around, but I actually do have. I found when I was at my parents' house there. Last they told me, please go in our attic and take everything that like you stored here. You know, six years ago when you moved. Take so I, it. I, I went up there and there's a bunch of stuff that I want to keep, but I don't necessarily want to bring here. Yeah. But I found the one thing I did bring was a box of my VHS <laughs> because I was like, oh, like, Aww. and weirdly enough, VHS is sort of becoming the new thing, like on Amazon and like eBay and stuff. People are buying VHS really? copies of things because like it's, it's just a nostalgia thing, totally. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, that, remember, like all those Disney movies came in like that clamshell, and you'd open it up, and it was like there was like a ceremony to it. I just got that. You're, you're breaking a podcast rule in general by eating food on the podcast. Literally, literally the only yeah, of course, I'm always recording. Uh, literally, the only thing you're asked to do is to speak out loud, <laughs> and you, you're you're hindering that um, from happening. No, it's fine. I remember. Cinderella. I had a clamshell of Cinderella, mm-hmm. and I loved that because you. And, but also, you know, when you would leave them in the sun, as so many times, yes, uh, you can leave it by the window. They yes. would shrink or warp, like Tupperware in the dishwasher. Like the case or the actual VHS. The clamshell, the the, the whatever that whatever um, rocket material that that's made out of. You'd have no to, doubt. No you'd doubt. have to figure out the edges, like refigure out like what they used to be, and then and then close yeah, it up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, we had we had Little Mermaid was mm-hmm. the big one, the big seller. Yeah, it was Little Mermaid, and then uh, yeah, you'd, you'd have to just very similar. So the kid version of the adult Tupperware situation where you take it out and you have to find the edges again. Yeah, you have to figure that it's out. It's a clamshell VHS case. You're that's welcome. true. That's true. We're, we're solving so many problems. We're figuring so much out today. Seriously, already, if we already, make we this just a started. thing, we'll solve we'll, we'll <laughs> it. We will. But hunger by the end of it. Well, I was we'll solve my say, hunger by the end of this one. And then we'll because you're going to finish that granola bar or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, no, feel free to eat. I'm not going to. I'm already having I'm not going to stop you from eating. Okay, no stopping me. What? Yeah, oh, I said I'm already halfway done. You don't care. You don't care. Well... I feel like those Tupperware bowls, whether you wash them in the dishwasher or not, they're going to warp. Yes. Because there's and there's and then there's no way to fully get the if it's circular, there's no way to get that lid on. Uh huh. Like it's always gonna. Oh, there's a way. There's always gonna be one thing that one that oh pops up. Always gonna be the lip. That little lip. What the lip? The little lip that doesn't doesn't go around the circle. I, I know. Exactly oh yeah, what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're making a motion with your hands. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That you. I'm sorry. You get three of the sides. <laughs> um, you get three of the sides down, and one always just flip. Oh, always pops up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the soup comes out. The lip. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? It's called the lip. To Is it actually over. called that, or did you just make that up? I mean, I coined phrases. Is that some I sort of phrases daily, Nick? Fuller. What was the one that you? Today it's the lip. It's the lip. Well, there there will be others. What is there another <laughs> one that you can that you're thinking of? 
Uh, I'm just I'm just stuck on just on the fact that I pulled out a granola bar without even really realizing it that I was doing a podcast. This is very <laughs> characteristic of me. Like I'm nothing stands between me and food. I, yeah. I love food. And yeah. then and so now I'm like <laughs> picking out granola bars when the only thing I have The only to thing do you have to do is not have anything near hindering anything from coming out of your mouth and you the first thing you do is you go against the grain. I'm, I'm proud of the granola. Is that I'm, indicative of your personality? Do you find your, do you find that you're, that you're sort of a quiet rebel? That's actually, I love that. I wish that, I wish more people would call me a quiet rebel. I just did. We, we just broadcast Thank it. you. That, that it just actually, happened. That makes me really Unless happy. I choose to edit that part out, uh, which I won't. <laughs> I I'll actually know. put it in your title. Allie Ferris, the quiet Allie, rebel. Allie Ferris, the quiet rebel of Nashville. That's pretty great. That's pretty awesome. Like, that's what I want. Because I feel like that's sort of... <laughs> Because the few times we've hung out, I feel like that's sort of a, that seems to be a little bit of like, I don't really care. But you're also, you know, you're not not like, you're not a, you're not a a dick about it. No, I'm not outspoken (laughs) at all. That's like the last thing that that I feel like is is my personality is outspoken. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I find people that I like really relate to and that I can open up to, which actually is a lot of people, it's just... It's just random times, you know, like last week after we... Oh, food again. Yeah. Last week after... We uh, talked for the first time. I went to the sushi place. Mm-hmm. It was just me and this dude. Sam, oh, yeah, I want to hear about this. This, this um, elderly Japanese man who's been living here for decades, and his family's still back in ja- Japan. And he's like this really hardened. Like he's his family's really, still he's, in Japanese. It is Japanese, yes. And and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like you're about it. This Japanese man whose family is still in Japanese. <laughs> What if I would have said it and just kept going? But <laughs> I, I would have stopped you. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I would have let you speak for another, uh, finish the story, and then gone back and been like, all right. Kelly Ferris, the quiet rebel of, of Nashville who says I, Japanese. I just thought that maybe that was one of your your little rebellions of each, of each or one of your, I do, your, I do your phrase words. coined, phrases coined. Second phrase of the day. Yeah, Japanese. Japanese. Just go Japanese instead of Japan. All right, well, Sam from Japanese. Yeah. His family lives. <laughs> not to be confused with Chinese. No. Or Korea. E. No, that's not. That, that or Korea. Right. I went one too far. Korea. There you go. <laughs> not to be um, not to be mistaken with. Philippine. Philippine. Uh, and then, uh, uh, well, I was thinking Korea, which is what they eat in India. Korea. <laughs> well done, well done. He is. He was just this hard. He really, really exhibited many qualities uh, similar to the soup Nazi of Seinfeld. Thing. Okay, wait. This is actually the sushi Nazi. His name is Sam. Sam, and you made friends Nazi. with him. I made friends with him because I think he was really you quiet. Rebel, you. Well, I'm. I think I looked really pitifully lonely because it was me coming into this. Like, were you the time. only one there? I was the only one there. Okay. And he told me I was not allowed to sit at the bar though. Like, it was this one-room thing, and I tried to sit at the bar, like, like next to him, basically, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he's like, no, you not sit here. Like, he would not let me sit that close to him. He, he was like, you know, why why not sit by you the window? figure out the secret. Like, he, he, no, he told me where to sit. He told me to sit by but the window. But that's part of the charm of the place, right? Is yes. that he's the sushi Nazi, like mm-hmm. the soup Nazi, and he will tell you, does he know that he has this, this reputation, um, you think? I think he does, because it seemed like he would enjoy that. Okay. That fame of the sushi Nazi. Like, he's you the... You've had my sushi before? No. All right. What do you like? And he tells you what to order? Or do um, you, you get have a little bit of leeway? I said, 
I like crab, I like shrimp, uh-huh. and tuna. And then he made me something uh, completely two different. Two meals worth of rolls. Really? <laughs> so you didn't get to choose the uh, how much you order? You... Yeah, he, he just made him. He made biggest, fattest. Like, you too rice. skinny here. You too skinny. Yeah. <laughs> you skinny, sad white woman. You sit. You sitting now, by the window. Now he's Native American. <laughs> oh no. You skinny, sad white woman <laughs> sitting there reading an old Nashville magazine. Oh, here's your. Why was it old? Is that what they had in the shop? Just yeah. an old one. You know, parade and. From like April two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand three. <laughs> With um, John Ritter's on the yeah, cover. I'm trying to think of somebody that we forgot died. Do you do that? Do you forget people? Like I have to look up people. Like, oh, actors, dating. I'm like, I haven't seen that guy in forever, and I'll look him up. And, like, monthly, I will forget that Phil Hartman died, and I get sad all over again. Oh, we'll see. Because I'm like, he hasn't been anything in a while. I don't forget that, because I, um, I was just about to say Wikipedia, and then what, what I do is, when I have to learn about that, then I go on Wikipedia, and first, you know, you first look for the picture, and then, mm-hmm. and then if there's a continuation. Right there on the, yeah, yeah the, if there's, if there's on a the dash, right side. If there's an age, then they're still alive. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty much. And no, I think it says, yeah, I don't know if the age goes away. Well, the reason I never... Well, if only there's a way we could find this out. Yeah, I know. Um, if I wasn't holding, if I wasn't double fisting a No way, this is a, this is a, a Google-free podcast. We don't, we don't Google things, we just talk about what talk the possibilities are. Possibility. Yeah, so that the listeners can do it yeah. themselves. Although I did, the I did a live video. podcast panel style this past weekend in Wisconsin, and I totally Googled something, because I needed to know. That's phenomenal. Because one of the guys said that the first album he bought, this is like corn-fed Wisconsin white boy, was a rap album, and there's a song on it called Crack is Crack Kills. And then, I, and then I Googled it. Well, we can only hope. There's a C. <laughs> and then I Googled it, and then immediately regretted Googling it. Oh, no. <laughs> because Safe Search was off, Allie Ferris. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so um, it got... Whoa! Nary, nary a, a rap song showed up. <laughs> but, but Nary a rap song, but, but many Harry. other things. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but other, so I've made a no Googling rule. Also, it just makes for good conversation. Because sure. Google has killed conversation. Yeah. What? But then I also Google things and I forget that I Googled it and then I will do it again when I'm like, where was that? What was that? So the greatest thing about an iPhone, or not a, the greatest thing, one of the greater things about an iPhone is you you know you do the the pages and then you you uh, if you have um, internet on your phone, which thankfully Most not thankfully I do, and um, I notice you know from like earlier in the week, oh I searched that really yeah really okay so back to Phil Hartman. The reason I don't forget Phil Hartman's death is because I like read the entire post because I was going through a like Phil Hartman SNL yeah pick where I, I um I watched the in his entire career on SNL one year like I just one year on Netflix. yeah well one you know over, over the course of a year it's only uh, five uh, seasons yeah I guess probably <laughs> over the course of six months sure because I, I that was like one of the Let's be honest. It yeah. was a weekend. It was probably a weekend. <laughs> yeah. It was probably four days. Yeah. I just... <laughs> okay, it was last night. You he got probably... me. Because oh. you make me smile. You make my bones ache. My knees shake. Big don't split the tire while I'm dancing to you. I see right through you. And no one outdoes you. 
Okay, so last night I was at a going away party for a friend that's actually, he's a doctor in India, and he okay. lives here half the, half the year and then goes back, so he's going to go yeah, back. We'll do and this. Then, um, oh, is, is the, okay, and so anyway, there was a, a little, like, kid friend of his that was doing some beats on his computer, <laughs> and he was recording, it was, it was sweet in a way, and then it got really Wait, annoying. he had, like, a DJ program? Yeah, he had a DJ program, and he was, like, DJ. During the going away party? During the going away party, it was, like, it was, like, seven of us, and we were just all sitting at a table out, outdoors, and, um, at their house, and so he was just doing, like, you know, and it, it, it was, it was sweet at first, because he was recording what people were saying around the thing, and then, like, making a thing of it, like, kind of a nostalgic yeah. beat. And then he just, like, got way too into it. And then he just, like, wouldn't stop working on it. And it would, like, loop and loop. And then he'd be adding, like, boop, 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 you know, like, weird things. And and at one point, he recorded my voice and then played it back. And I thought, what? That's not how I sound. What? And he's and then he played me, you know, it's... It, Wait, you're uh, a recording master. artist. Do you not, do I don't you not hear I yourself? Sing. Okay, you don't often hear yourself speak. Not ever. And I realized that when, when oh, he recorded me, I never hear myself speak. Apparently, I sound a lot like my mother because, it, without fail, every single time I, I pick up my parents' phone when I'm visiting home, right? They think I, it's your mom. I mean, within a with like a minute of conversation can go by in my family, like in my extended family, because they just start talking. Yeah, and keep talking, keep talking, and then oh, um, oh, so Allie. how's Tom? Like my dad's oh, name is Tom. Uh-huh. So how's so what's going on with you and Tom? And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, no. Weird. I'm actually Allie. Yeah. Grandma. Well, I mean, it makes sense if they're calling your parents' house and they're, if they, because when you call some, a house phone like that, sure. you think, okay, if it's a man, it's probably Tom. Yeah. If it's a female, it's probably. Rana. 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 <laughs> Rana. Rana Ferris. Oh, I I, I've got name, I've got names. My family, um, my extended family, my mom's side, uh, her uh, father's name was Ronnie. Okay. And his so she was named after her dad, and okay. then and then her middle name is Gail, which is her mother's name. So Ronna Gale. Ronna Gale. So okay. she is literally Ronna Gale Baxter was her name. That's incredible. I am fr- I am from Texas. You are you are from Texas. I'm from very Texas. How that that name is so very Texas to me. Yeah. Ronna Gale Baxter. Ronna Gale Baxter. I mean, was she Baxter ever was she such... ever in like a a a beauty competition of some sort. I feel like that you would know be what Ronna Baxter. Ronna Baxter. Um, she's a model. <laughs> was she? My mom was. Like, my mom was a model. My mom was a um, like an infomercial model. Really? She was at one point. Me and her, my three year old self. We, me and her were in a magazine together making cupcakes, and then um, <laughs> she was on the cover of a, um, I think, an inflatable mattress like box. And I think she was no on there with way. my sister. And then me and her. You still had this box? Um, I think I think we there was a fight uh, this past um, 
month because I was visiting my parents, and I think my dad threw away the box for some reason. No. Which is just, which is just wrong. Let's, to eBay. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> somebody so, somebody <laughs> selling mattress boxes from 1987. Exactly. So, oh my gosh, it was so funny. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my mom's dad's family, all their names are Ronnie, Donnie, Lonnie, Connie, and Bonnie. You're welcome. Shut your face. You're such a liar. That's nobody would do that to children. They oh. did. Ronnie, Donnie, Lonnie, Connie, and Bonnie Baxter. And because <laughs> there's not enough confusion in the world. Yeah. Lonnie was the dad, and Lonnie was, I think, half or a quarter Cherokee Indian. So I have some Cherokee Indian in me. Okay. Wahoo. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Wahoo. Wahoo. I, li- I like it. All right. You're Rocket. the bear. Why not? You're the bear. <laughs> no. I, yeah. Actually, I think I am the year of the bear. Do you believe any of that stuff? Um, I respect it. Okay. I, I really respect... Have, have a very diplomatic of an answer. <laughs> uh, the, the, the spirit of it and, like, you know, living off the land and... Sure, and, sure. And respecting nature. I yeah. love all that. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, there's definitely some... I mean, that's just... Very redeemable. It's just being, a, like, a good steward of our, your surroundings mm-hmm. is to not, you know, maybe don't completely demolish a rainforest. Oh, my or, gosh. And, and enjoy, like, just, you know, enjoy the nature around you and, and instead of building a house on it. Yeah, uh, or a know. strip mall. Yeah. Do we really I, need another cricket store? Oh my gosh. Don't even yeah. I mean you you don't you don't have to talk to me about that. Like that's that's my home state. It's I, just oh my gosh. Yeah. Can we just can through. we talk yes. about Texas for a second? Yes, let's talk about Texas. Because I love okay I wanna she just came back I wanted to I know I did. <laughs> Disclaimer, I love the people of Texas, most of them. The ones I've encountered are really sweet people. Yeah, yourself included. I've ne- honestly like in the music in the musician world I've rarely met people from Texas that I'm just like, man, that guy was a dick. <laughs> most people are like, man, you're so like of course. But the state in itself there was a point where I was lost in the middle of, and GPS couldn't even get me out of it, in the middle of suburbia, oh. and there was, it was like somebody took, like, a normal suburb with, you know, the the, sh- the strip malls with, like, there's a Target and a Kohl's and a, there's a, maybe a Lowe's over there. There's definitely a Panera. There's a Chick-fil-A. Oh. There's uh, all, all these, you know, like, uh, your run-of-the-mill. There's a Barnes & Noble. There's whatever, giant strip mall. Yeah. Um, and they, they copy and pasted that seven times oh around the area. Oh my gosh, and, and be- exactly And the because there is, there is like the interstate that goes through and divides it, hence the love of the U-turn in Texas. It's seriously, I went, I went under the bridge and there was the same thing across, there was a Barnes and Noble across from a Barnes and Noble with, with a Target and the, it was un- unbelievable. And then and and I there was a Starbucks where I was going. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a Starbucks in the Target and in the parking lot of the Target. Oh. And I couldn't... It seriously was like... I, I felt like I was in some weird Charlie Kaufman film where, like, I, it's like Internal Sunshine where, like, the the faces are, like, backwards and upside yeah. down. And, like, I'm like... I was getting so mad because all I was trying to do was find a Chick-fil-A to drive through on my way out. And, like, I got lost in the parking lot and couldn't... And that sounds so ridiculous because no. you're like, oh no, you get, you just get out of the parking lot and you go on the main road, but you, you, you I don't couldn't. understand people. It seriously yeah. was there. There was so they, they shoved so much into a small span of of concrete, and then I saw that concrete. multiple. That was my that was in my first couple of days of being there, and then I saw that multiple times in multiple cities. In Texas. <laughs> well, yeah, and the nicer the area, the more medians that they've built. Yes, to include it makes grass no sense. And a and a tree, maybe, maybe a tree. It, it's almost like we weren't supposed to 
like build the stuff there. Yeah, well, it, it's we overtaken everything. To, we were supposed to build it, but now it's it's gone so to the other side to where everything is paved, and then you get you know the weird. I think you have somebody at your door. No, it's a uh, the fridge does that. Oh, it's the ice maker. Oh, it's you, the ghost in your fridge. Yeah, there's a ghost in the fridge. He's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Bury the cold we gave him, ghost. I was scared of him at first, then I just gave him a sweater, and he's fine. <laughs> he, knows, he, he knows Morse code. Thank you. <laughs> that's what it, yeah, that, that's Morse code for... <laughs> that tapping is Morse Thank code. Thank you for the sweater. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. He's, not, he's good now. How is your love tonight? How is your Because there's there's fifty restaurants within ten miles of you. Well, so, type of food has just turned into like I'm I'm craving Panera exactly. or I'm craving whatever. Like I'm I I say like I'm at Panera. yeah exactly that's what it, no there's no kidding uh, or I'm I'm craving like Sonic which is a ridiculous thing to say because Sonic is has the most expansive menu of any fast food chain sure and so to say you crave that makes no sense at all but we say it all the time <laughs> it's formed from the same pink goo I'm just kidding, absolutely <laughs> are you, are you afraid you're gonna sorry. are you afraid you're gonna offend somebody out from uh, a fast food so, chain no it's all awful i don't want to seem like a hypocrite because you know someone's gonna see me you know and and i'm gonna start up a conversation but like I'm. oh no we're all burger. awful <laughs> we 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 all have the information that it's terrible yeah but we still keep going for it because it's there. I just do love the green goop at Chick Fil A. That is my favorite. That's the least green green goopy of the of the green goops, though. Yeah, and, and that, there's that... Like a, there was a list. Speaking of lists, <laughs> yeah, they came out that said Chick Fil A was one of the better. Yeah, and the worst fast food chain. Oh, Panera. You're kidding. It's me. the worst because I, I can't remember exactly why, but it's it's because of all the like breaded stuff. <gasps> it's one of the worst. Like even the salads at. The, uh, at Panera are are like as bad <clears throat> as the best thing for you at McDonald's. Like it's, no it's kidding. yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, they keep the calories down, but I guess the content isn't that great. Like sodium levels are off the charts. Like it's, wow. I know, isn't that crazy? Wow, well, I know. I mean, I want to say McDonald's owns Panera, but I don't think that's right. They own Cadoba, which is interesting. Yeah, I've never in my life eaten at a Cadoba. Oh, you're missing out. I am. McDonald's I owns it. They made it. 
taste delicious, whether it is or not. <laughs> I've, I've never left a Kodoba feeling good about myself. So McDonald's has to own it yeah. because that's McDonald's the same feeling. Has to own it. That's the same feeling. Oh, that's good. I can talk about food all day because I just I've just come back from the roads and that's I feel like. I tweeted this once, but I said, like, I feel like touring is 10% music, 90% poor food decisions. Totally. Because <laughs> that's, oh, oh. that's so much of what So, um, so true. Like, it just, I'm driving through, okay, so I'm driving up to Pennsylvania. I anticipate thinking, you know, through every, you know, finding major cities, and I try if it's like a perfect timing situation where it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm just can't, I have to have a, a break too. Yeah. I try to look up and I'm near a major city, all these things, you know, um, I try to look up the best restaurant. My, uh, my, my clear decision for fast food is always Jimmy John's. Is it really? Yes. I love Jimmy John's because I used to work there in college. Oh, so it has an extra nostalgic value for you. It's nostalgic, but it's also just, I mean, I know every single thing, even if, it's not the best thing for you because of that Hellman's mayo, which is just God's gift to the world. You love mayonnaise? Oh, I love mayonnaise. I do too. I love mayonnaise. I, I I, but I understand when people hate it. Yeah. It's like, I understand. It's not. I'm not like indignant about like everybody must love mayonnaise. It's the closest thing. This is going to ruin people for mayonnaise. But it's <laughs> the closest thing to eating straight lard that you can get. It's true. Without, it's just a little smoother. It's just a little smoother and a little tangier. Yeah. There yeah. you go. They added tang and smoothness tang to, and to lard. To <laughs> lard. And they took lard. They took lard and they ran it through a, a James Brown LP. It got really smooth. Billy <laughs> D. Williams on the cold side. Oh, of the that's pillow. what that's what they did on the cold side of the pillow. <laughs> oh, that's it's good. Those, those kind of like things in your life, you know, the the horror of waiting tables. I only uh-huh. did that for six months until I um, I did that until I could release my very first CD, which was a couple years ago. You and didn't enjoy waiting tables. I didn't at all. Um, I, I won't. I know a lot of people that love it, like love it. Because I think there are a lot of people that are a lot like observing it now. I think there are a lot of people that are so much better at remembering specific details, like I agree. like bartenders. Just they blow my mind. Blow my yeah. I'm so impressed with with and even like unbelievable. I get so nervous when a waiter comes up and they don't and they we have a big table and they don't write anything down. Oh but when they God. but when they nail it, you know they've got that's like an ego boost that we will never understand. No, because yeah. yeah, there's something like that's their level of badassery. Where like I can be, <laughs> I just remembered like you know nine people's order and like yeah. specifics about it. Exactly, it's crazy. I was never good at that. Yeah, and 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 just and where everything goes, and then you know where who got what. It's just it's it's crazy. But it just I was such a C average employee. Like I would just do the bare minimum. And just get by, and because I didn't want to get promoted, because then it would, it's like Jim Halpert from The Office, like it would become my career. It would become, and this exactly. isn't going to become my career. I think, uh, I, I think I have the same mentality. Come to think of it, that's probably a why lot I of musicians do. It. A lot of them who are just there. If you know, if if, if people, they were given basically like the golden paycheck of like you get to do music, you know, full time, yeah, and and pay all one hundred percent of your bills and pay and and then some, they would take it. And there there are a lot of and maybe that's everybody. Maybe that's every musician. But th- there is a work that's in, uh, that's involved, <laughs> uh, yeah. which a lot of people have a hard time getting. You know, like that gets in the way because the artist is traditionally pretty not lazy, but just 
We just want to sit on the back porch and write our songs and yeah, have people and you appreciate wanna, you them. Yeah, want to get lost in thoughts because that's what I would do. Is I yeah. Would just, like, start oh my gosh. I want to go, speaking of jobs, I want to go, I want to talk about Well, you, that's exactly that's you, what I was, um, was going to transition uh, from between that, like, okay, so you say the best job for, you know, a developing musician. Well, the best job to have for a recovering um, <laughs> uh, ADHD <laughs> is, is piano tuning because I... Yeah, actually, how'd you get into that? Okay, so I... I feel like it's a rare job because yeah. very, very few people know how to do it. It it takes a long time, I'll say that. It, it took, I mean, in relation to how short my life has been so far, <laughs> um, I, I... It took me two years to get a footing... With it, like it took me a year. Okay, so how do I? Start? Do you go to school with it? Do you have an apprenticeship? Yeah, I was. Um, you you can you can do both. I was an apprentice, but um, it was very it was all very like I call it the holistic school of, of piano tuning is what I did. So the way it started was though I, I was um, at UNT. I had been there for about three to four months, and I already knew University of North Texas. Sorry, and then I realized it, within four months of the year I ended up spending there that. I was going to move to Berkeley. It was just, it was already decided. I was like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my footing here. I'm going to get my, uh, initial credits out of the way. And then mm-hmm. I need to go to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And, um, I knew just, just a lot of like intuition, like, or just, you know, common sense. I knew I was going to need a job because I was going to be living for the first time. I was going to be living alone, you know, no help. Like, sure, right. sure, my family's back in Texas, but I'll, I'll be in Boston where every single member of my family and every extended family member mm-hmm. is in Texas. And so, well, you are the quiet rebel. I am the quiet rebel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that. I'm going to keep it going. I keep, please, yeah. yeah. Keep, We're going to make this rocking. a thing. This is the place to make things a thing. <laughs> keep it real. <laughs> That's right. Philly D. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I knew I was going to need a job. I knew I was going to be completely broke. And... I was, you know, my brain started, you know, mind started running, thinking of the things that I could do, and I knew that I really wanted to, my, my stipulations were I needed to stay near the piano, because I knew so many people Smart. in school, and just that had different jobs that just, that, that kept them away from music, and I knew that if I was at least relatively close to an instrument for my job, whether it was a, you know, working in a, a instrument shop, working in a piano gallery, working in, you know, something, I knew I had to be near music. So, um, one day I, I made a habit of sneaking into the recital halls at UNT, um, to like practice, to practice, to yeah. practice and to write because my greatest writing situation for just for me personally is when I'm in a very law, lo- like large room alone and there's just so much echo mm-hmm. and I just the, the, and I when I record when I record when I perform I love a lot of reverb just because it's just I don't know there's, there's something too. about it I love the quality of, of the of the sound and so it just it inspires me and so that's mm-hmm. so I was in one of the smaller recital halls and you're not you, you weren't supposed to do that I had to like you know find one of the doors that was just like cracked open enough to get in there and so, um, this, this Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock, I remember it really specifically because this guy came in and this is just like mid forties man named Cyril. He walked in, in while you were, while right. I was, while I was playing and he said, you're going to have to get off. I have to tune. And so I said, um, okay. And I was about to leave and I saw him get out all of his, you know, 
the things and the only other situation I'd ever seen a piano being tuned was when I was I think probably 12 and my parents had brought over a piano tuner to tune my piano um and so I I remember watching that but not really comprehending it and so now I was I thought man maybe I should you know get a new a refresher course on what piano tuning looks like yeah so I asked him if I could stay he said yes and it turned you know it what was going to be a 20 minute tune-up of this piano that was already finely tuned he just needed to be ready right um turned into an hour and a half of him um giving me a crash course in what it was and so I just sat there just my eyes were glued to the strings and I that I watched the strings vibrating and I, I watched, you know, how everything was just so dependent on each other piece. It, it just was incredible. It was one of the coolest things I, I to date have ever seen. Yeah. And I had this, you know, light come on in the back of my head and I thought, I can do this. I can do this. And I had no idea how I could because looking at Cyril, I mean, over six foot, mm-hmm. huge man. And, you know, it was just like, it was like a toy to him, mm-hmm. which still, I mean, it's like a toy to me now, but, uh, and all these tuners, um, that I met, you know, continuing on after that, all were, you know, over 30 men. I mean, if, you know, before that they had been 20, you know, and, yeah. but, but uh, here I was this 19 year old lanky girl um, I said, can I learn? Is there any way I can come back? And so for the next year that I was there, um, continuing on through the summer and during the summer, uh, and I would sneak into the these old buildings with these old pianos, you know, now not to play, but to tune these old pianos. Yeah. And I would do that like to practice and night. Yeah. To practice. And so they, there's when I first started out, it took me a solid year from the first day that I started, um, to, <laughs> I remember that day too. Bizarre. I was sitting at this old practice piano in the scrap room is where they, um, it was me and there's another guy that was an apprentice and he was a couple years older than me. And he had been, you know, he was already working on his own pianos. I actually have restrung a piano before. That is something that I that I have done. That they gave me a mallet and said go to work. That that's, I mean, I've I've done some really cool things. That's awesome. Yeah, and I've I've, um, I've restripped hammers. Like I, I've taken sandpaper and and um, reshaped piano hammers. And like, there's just there's some cool stuff that you that there's just so much. It's like you know carpenters absolutely find yeah it's and i i found a new love of 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 like working with my hands because um i found out you know that my grandfather my late grandfather had died when i was a kid and he was a carpenter like and he he had 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 a normal job but he also had this huge shed that he just he built things and he like and that's you know i think that kind of runs through my through yeah definitely that's absolutely the link yes yeah so i um I would go in there, and so a year passed, and I mean, when I the, what I always say is to learn how to tune pianos, you willingly um, give up your sanity. You just, you just, you are not. I'm not a sane person anymore. <laughs> I'm not because you Why sit for hours and hours and hours for days. I'm, I mean, probably before my life is over, it'll be years. 
you're sitting there and you're listening to the same tones and you're doing, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. That's exactly what you're doing is your, is your, because the limits of your brain, the limits of your ear, there's no limits, but you're, you're hearing things that people just naturally aren't supposed to hear. Like I, I've got pretty sensitive hearing. And so with the ADHD, I would, you know, you know, hear lots of stuff just, and then you're, you're, concentration would be broken instantly well with pianos the way that I feel like I've somewhat tried to overcome my ADHD or ADD you know it's been mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff um is uh sitting there and you 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 enter a different world after a while where you're just hitting this tone and then you start hearing all these overtones lining up and I see it visually now but and you see, you see these these um, like if you tune a guitar, you know you hear beats. Well, you hear six different beats, and you're you know sometimes it's more than that depending on the piano. Uh-huh. Every piano is completely different, by the way. And you're hearing um, you're hearing these overtones. You're hearing these um, waves that you're having to manipulate. And then each time you move a tone, all of those things change. All of those things are manipulated. But you hear the one that you're supposed to hear, and it like it it becomes brighter than all the other ones. So after one full year of sitting at this piano in this scrap room with all of these rusty trumpets around me, yeah, you know, I I hit a, a major fourth. It was a an A um, two twenty, so the A under the four forty A, and then and the D above that, and I heard what I was supposed to hear. Finally, I heard this wom, 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 that I hadn't heard before in a year. I just hadn't heard it. And it was like the key. It was the key. And then after that, I, and, and then I, I brought in, uh, there was Cyril and then Alejandro um, was the guy that really taught me how to tune because Cyril was like this, you know, crazy guy that would just pull out different things and you had to like, you know, different colors and you had to put it together yourself. Like, okay, this was the lesson, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then Alejandro would be like, no, this. But he would never give you like positive reinforcement. It was like, keep working. Yeah. Keep working. So he, he was came Mr. in. Miyagi. Oh, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Wax on. And yeah. so I, I call Alejandro in. I said, I need you to hear this. I need you to tell me if, you know, what I'm hearing is right. And so I hit it. And then I should remember, hit it, you know, the dung. Yeah. And then, um, I raised my right hand and I made what the waves look like. I went dum wom wom wom, and then he was watching me. And then I looked at him and I go, you know, is that right? And he goes, yeah, maybe. And then he walked away. And then that was my. That, that was your. That I, was your. I took that as a yes, and then that was the um, equivalent of him lifting you up on his shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> like like good job. Dressed up, baby, tonight. I just can't help but fall back in love That sight is your sight that I need Cause days like this can break anyone's belief In all the things that they depend on I'm wishing it would end cause I'm feeling
well, we're not we're not completely done because I do want to wrap up uh, with. Uh, well, you said you had, you texted me a few days ago and said that you had a, a potential bad oh, show story, Lord. and if you want to if you want to share that as much as you want to share about it, I would love to hear it. Uh, July fourth, uh, two thousand thirteen. Sorry to pinpoint the people involved. I hope it's all in good fun, but I <laughs> won't use any is. names. But July fourth, two thousand thirteen. Um, I wake up and I'm not feeling very well. And it is raining hard outside. It's oh, raining yeah. hard. Yeah, you were here. Yes. No, I wasn't here, but I heard. Oh, okay. I, I was in Wisconsin. Where oh, it was Wisconsin. gorgeous. I was on a lake, and it was amazing. Dang it. I know, right? Dang Some it, of us Florida. have all the luck. Yeah, well. <laughs> I heard about the horrible wetness that oh, was my gosh. July 4th in Nashville this year. It was, it was a muggy disaster, is what I was Wait, did you have a show? I had a show. That's remember I texted you on the fourth. Yeah, but I, I didn't realize you had a show on on the fourth, which on is always fourth. an interesting choice. I texted you. I texted you as I was sitting. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll tell you when I texted you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, um, I drive out to um, Mount Juliet, which is okay. about twenty minutes out of town, uh-huh. and uh, there's supposed to be. Oh, first of all, throughout the day, I'm in my pajamas. I'm not feeling great. Well, it's wet outside. It's wet outside, it's nasty. And, the, and the front has come through, and I, and my my head's spinning, and I just think that you know. But um, I was getting, I had already been promised this little guarantee for the show. Um, and it was a part of a lineup. It was supposed to be a July 4th spectacular and uh, mm-hmm. not Juliet. Outdoors? So, outdoors. Originally? No. Keep yeah. going. All right. So <laughs> oh, no. I text the promoter and say, hey, what's the situation? Mm-hmm. And he, all he texted back was, it's on. So I show <sighs> up. I'm supposed to go on Horrifying. When, you're, when you don't want to play a show and the weather, and you know the conditions are going to be bad. You know the people are not, it, the conditions are going to affect the turnout, yeah. all that. Hearing the words, it's on. Mm-hmm. It, or it's is, still on. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's still on. That's the worst. It's still on. And so that's what I got on my phone. And so um, <laughs> I, I shamefully like put on a not, not a, up to par from, from what I'm used to performing in uh, outfit. And you know, leave your red, white, and blue uh, yeah. suspenders. My suspenders, <laughs> overalls. Oh man! So you so, go to this. So I'm I'm uh, driving down the highway. I get there about ten before I'm supposed to go on, and uh, first band has already exited the stage, and it's like right perfect time for me to load in. And it's an outdoor stage, mm-hmm. and it's still an outdoor stage, and it's a tent over and it's raining it's raining outside in the middle of a shopping center i and there are three was it the providence people. shopping center yeah okay i used to work at that movie theater <laughs> three okay. years ago there that's where i worked so that thing uh-huh on that little median thing yeah. that's where the thing was and so the promoter comes up to me you know just with that what are you going to do, face on? Oh, no. And so I load, or I, I get my little keyboard, and I put it under, and I meet the, um, gosh, I hope I don't get in trouble for being honest. But, oh, you will. Um, I, the fairly full of himself um, sound guy slash student. Oh, no. Okay. And, um, you know, young guy, uh, he apparently is a producer. And, um, Who isn't? Wanted to produce some of my songs, you know, all the, those kind of things. One of the situations, and um, but nice guy, totally nice guy. 
and um, so we just can't find a reasonable sound for my vocals and my piano, and it's just a vocal and a piano situation. Yeah, there's three people, and they're standing under awnings waiting for their cars. They're waiting for their husbands to bring around the cars. Oh, no. And uh, this guy named Anthony the Balloon Kid is doing balloons. I know Anthony the Balloon Kid. Yeah. Uh, over... Only because he, he works the Chick-fil-A's in the area. And I see his... Sweet. <laughs> I see his... That's his, that's his sweet spot. And I, I see his posters up in Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you need to take a nap. Seems like a, a nice guy. Before you finish the story. No, yeah. That's it. No, I'm, I'm just... I'm I'm remembering the exhaustion. It's making me tired. Yeah. So, um, and it's just me, by the way. I'm, I, you know, I'm living yeah. in the stuff, and I, um, I'm about to start my song, and then the promoter looks over at me, and he's with one of the security guards, and he says, "Well, I think we're thinking about calling it off," which I thought in my head, "Woo!" But because, then I thought, was it because there was lightning? That's the only thing that'll stop an outdoor concert. No, the the rain was starting to okay. rain harder. I was outside. It would no. rain harder, and so if it, like, started raining sideways with the wind, we could have a short circuit. Yeah, you could. And Or, you know, death. Yeah, death. Potential death. And it was, it was pretty, so it was pretty scary, and so I sang six songs. I got through six songs, and um, at the time I texted you, I, it was right after he told me that they were going to maybe call it. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at my piano, and I just thought, <laughs> <laughs> and I got out my phone, and I texted this Nick Mora. This I've, is the start. Of I've the had that happen before. I've had that happen before with people on the podcast, like because when you ask a bad <laughs> show story, more come up, and every time you have one, apparently I'm the guy people think of, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they're like, "Oh, I got one." Oh, because I I love them. I love the bad show story because it makes it makes us all feel better because we all have them. And feel less alone. Sorry. How many people watched you play these six songs two, in the rain? Uh, two people, and they were interchangeable for six songs. And they were interchangeable? <laughs> they were interchangeable. There was never more than two people? Yeah. Different and, two people, but never the same. And the only reason why they would listen to half of one of my songs was, A, they were waiting for their car, <laughs> and B, they were waiting for their table. Oh. And, because there's a restaurant, you know, yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that was one of the worst gigs. That was the last the last worst gig and, that you've and you, had. You know, it's funny. Uh, just a little ray of sunshine on a Hit rainy us. day of July 4th. I'll just say that even though I was sick, there was terrible sound, it was raining, it was July 4th, there were two people listening, and I thought that I was starting to get wet and that I was going to probably die. Um, I felt like the show went fine. I felt like I played fine. <laughs> See? You stepped up to the plate. It was... Well, Ali Ferris, you were awesome. Thank you for coming. Thank you, show. Nick. This is so fun. Oh my gosh, we could talk for days. We could, we could, uh, you're definitely coming back at some point. We're going gonna to talk more. I mean, we should just have our own podcast. Right? The <laughs> Flaris? Flaris. Flaris podcast? Flaris we can make it happen. Nashville. Coming 2013. The Quiet Rebel. 